Blog Talk Radio. Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure am glad you did. Hey, I am super excited today. I am just uh, really, really excited for our guest today. Um, he's got a brand new documentary drops today on video on demand um, called The End of Blindness, and he's, uh, you know, the writer director. I imagine that's what they have on my my uh, my notes here, but I imagine he did quite a few other things with this documentary as well. That always seems to be the case. We'll say filmmaker. How about that? Documentarian. That's another one uh, we could go with. That sounds a little, uh, you know, a little highbrow pinky out, but it's fitting. It's fitting. Um, this documentary, well, I'm going to let him ex- uh, ex- tell you guys about it, but man, I watched this the other night, I got to tell you, and it was fantastic. Fantastic. I watched this right after I had watched the news and uh, read our local newspaper. Uh, here in South Florida, and um, the uh, and, and so I was already in a mood. I went in this with a mood, a new. Uh, I've watched the news mood, and the world is terrible, and it was just everybody's just uh, it was just horrible, horrible, horrible. And then I watched this documentary, and it brought me right around. This is what I needed. Um, I, I suggest watching this documentary daily if you read the news um, or watch the news. Uh, it's it's really really uh, inspiring. And uh, just a real good feel good. Anyway, um, without further ado, I'd like to welcome documentarian and filmmaker, Mr. A.J. Martinson. A.J., hey, how Jamie. are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day here in Southern California. Can't complain. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, we had mentioned, uh, we were talking a little bit before the show off mic, and your city uh, there that you're at, is one I have not seen in the news, you know, when the rest are burning and whatnot. Um, so that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, you seem to be uh, escaping, you know, the levels of hell and whatnot that everybody else isn't out there. I um, I used to live out in that neck of the woods, and I have to tell you, it is, it's beautiful. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Did you grow up out there? <laughs> Yep, yep. Born and raised in L.A. and uh, uh, moved uh, super far to the other side of town. <laughs> so. I gotcha. I gotcha. Away from the beach. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, very cool. Well, very cool. Let me ask you this, AJ. You were really, really good at what you do. I, I, I watched this documentary. I'm going to watch more of your work as well. Um, because I, I was hooked, you know, I, I was really hooked. I really enjoyed this documentary. And as I mentioned, I'd watched the news and I was in a mood. I, I was in a news watching mood, man. And, um, oh, just mad and, and, you know, ready to throw my hands up in the air at humanity in general. And um, I watched the documentary and it turned my day right around, uh, you know, about mm. the, uh, the, the, the true story of Dr. Samuel Bora. Yeah, just so inspiring. That there's people in the world. It's not all bad, ladies and gentlemen. There's good people. 
doing good things. That was good, AJ. That was real good. Were you always a filmmaker? Like, as a kid, did you know that film was what you were going to be doing? You know, actually, uh, the the origins of this project are the start of my film career also. Um, I've been volunteering with the nonprofit, yeah, uh, Tropical Health Alliance Foundation since I was about 16. And they handed me a camera and uh, took me to Ethiopia and said, I don't know, you're smart with techno stuff. Make us a little movie. And uh, (laughs) I made a three-minute film for one of their projects on podoconiosis out there. Yeah. Um, Which is a foot disease. Uh, And they liked it. And uh, I've been volunteering with them ever since. And it started my film career. So, yeah. It's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, now, I've, I've never been. I've traveled a lot. I have been a lot of places, man. Um, I've never been anywhere in Africa, though. And it's, it's one of those things that the intellectual side of me really wants to go to because of all the historical stuff. And, you know, there, there's such a rich history that so many us, of us here in the States really just don't know much about. And then there's the side that's like, Oh, there was a coup in this cut. Co- it's not real safe, uh, but I don't think the whole country's like, or the whole continent's like that. Um, how is Ethiopia? I don't know anything about Ethiopia. Well, yeah, well, when, when I, you know, I like I said, I've been going since I was sixteen, and every time I've gone personally, it is just a, a fantastic place to visit. Um, it is gorgeous, first of all. Uh, it's a lush, really? you know. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 lush coffee fields and uh, forests. I mean, coffee was invented in Ethiopia, so if you go for no other reason, go to get good coffee. Um, and <laughs> the people, yeah, just 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 hop on the plane and go grab a cup. It's it's real simple. But uh, <laughs> that's right. But get a bag for the free. Yeah, but oh, uh, man. <laughs> But yeah, no, the uh, uh, the country is beautiful. The people are friendly. The food is incredible. Um, and, you know, I have had just wonderful trips over there. Uh, and I highly recommend anyone who has a chance, go see the country. There's a lot of historical importance, uh, especially up in the north. Uh, some beautiful geography mm. and uh, just great people. And like I said, really good food. So uh, Ethiopia is a, a really special place for me. Yeah. That is awesome. That is awesome. You know, in all my travels, it's it's usually, you, you know, because you, you read, really, a lot of people in this country, the only thing they know about other places, really, is maybe they've heard something in school or they see stuff on the news, you know, um, bad stuff or, or what, that's usually what's on the news. And and that's their, they get that impression, you know, this, this preconceived notion of, of places. And I'll tell you, everywhere I've traveled, everyone is pretty cool. I, you know, people-wise and whatnot, the world ain't such a bad place when you talk to people um, in general. And I'm generalizing, of course, but, um, you know, I and, you know, some of the nicest people I've met have been, like, you know, in, in the poor outskirts of Bangkok and places like that, you know, just, mm. just cool people living their lives, trying to have a good life, you know, and... Um, so, man, I'll tell you, with your documentary, what really caught my attention is last month, I didn't talk about it on the show, but 
I got a bad, like, um, I guess a fall cold, like end of a summer cold, you know, and uh, mm. my right eye, it, it just, I guess I got a cold in the eye. I, I don't know what they say about that, but it would, I'd always have this film in it, you know, like for about a week, maybe a week and a half. It's since cleared up and everything's great. But man, at first, of course, I was paranoid and I thought I'm getting a cataract. This is no good. You know, this is no, and it sucks not being able to see. I'm a painter by trade. So you kind of, you know, need to be able to see what you're doing. Kind of. Um, but it was horrible. And so when I was reading, before I watched the movie, I was reading the, uh, the, they call the one sheet in the biz, you know, you know that, you know, the, the little write up and everything uh, that they send you. And, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, look at all these. I couldn't believe the amount of people that were getting cataracts and stuff in Ethiopia and poor people that they can't just zip over to urgent care or something. There's not an urgent care on every block there. It's Ethiopia, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, these are poor people. And, Here's this man who's says, okay, we got a problem. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. And did. Um, and is. It's <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, not being able to see is horrible. Um, it's it's from my limited experience with that. How did you first hear about Dr. Bora? Yeah, so I, I... – with the nonprofit that I'd been volunteering with, uh, they brought me out about three years ago and um, they introduced me to him as, and said, you know, maybe we'll make a one minute little video posted on our website. It'll be great. You know, the donors want to meet who we've been sponsoring. And I met him and within 15 seconds was like, no, <laughs> this is not a one minute story. This is a documentary his story is powerful. It needs to be told and told in full. And that was, you know, I, I actually asked them if I could go independent with the story so I could be objective in the documentary. We worked with them, but it's not their film. This is not a promo piece for them. This is the story of Dr. Samuel and the story of patients with cataracts in Ethiopia. And I want to be very clear about that, that the primary focus is raising, you know, him as an inspirational figure so that we inspire other mm -hmm. people to go to Ethiopia and be ophthalmologists. That's one of the most important takeaways from this piece. So um, that's how I met him. That's how I got involved. Uh, and, you know, the story that really captivated me in talking with him in those 15 seconds is when I found out, you know, he was walking to school as a kid every single day, m multiple miles, barefoot, barefoot, because he was hungry for a good education. And I had just kind of gotten out of high school. And, you know, I, I, I was an angsty teen. High school wasn't my uh, cup of tea. And uh, school was kind of lame. And, like, here Dr. Samuel, he was so hungry just to get a good education. And hearing that story inspired me, and it totally rechanged my perspective of how important education is. And, you know, it, it, it just flipped my perspective on its head and showed me where I was taking something for granted in my own life. You know, uh, mm. I have never walked barefoot to school. He did that just so he could go, you know, go into ophthalmology, go into medicine, become an ophthalmologist and then give back to poor people. Uh, totally changed my life. That's amazing. My life that yeah. That's amazing. 
You know, it's interesting because there, there's in every person's life, I think there comes those those nexus moments where you, where you, you know, and it's different for everybody because everybody has a different path. But as you get a little older, a little wiser, maybe you can you can look back and, and recognize those. You know, you're like, yeah, that's, that's when things changed. You know, and that can be a good situation or a bad situation. Usually, it's a mix of the two. Um, that's, that's cool though, that you had that moment, you know, um, and, and we're, we're able to, uh, to do something, you know, to, to, to focus that, that rocket fuel into your passion. Um, that's amazing, you know, uh, and, and it just goes to show his influence. Not only is he helping people with these, uh, these debilitating cataracts and whatnot, he helped you kid from LA, you know? How about that? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's amazing. No, I understand that um, this area where he's been working and whatnot, uh, it's got a, a, a unper- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a lot of uh, these compared uh, instances of cataracts happening compared to other places. Um, mm. And I, I know the in. I don't want to give anything away in the documentary. I want people to watch it, but I know you touch on a few uh, on that um, a few times in the movie. You know, wh- wh- some ideas and whatnot. Personally, what do you think? Do you, do you think it's it's like drinking water or um, lack of you know code or you know sanitation or something like that? What, what, what do you think is behind this? The culprit. Well, you know, I, I think there are, are several factors, um, and we, we only touch on one of these in the documentary uh, because mm. all of these are still under investigation. Um, and so gotcha. we picked one that we had someone who could speak to, and, and they felt confident in it, but we didn't spend much time dwelling on it because there hasn't been uh, enough data to conclusively say this Inside. is the one that's causing this. Right. Yeah. Um, but there are a few hypotheses that we should talk about, and they have really massive impacts. So clean drinking water, one of the biggest current leading causes um, that, mm. were, that is speculated. Uh, when people get dehydrated from stomach-borne illnesses, it changes the chemistry in mm. your eye. And constant dehydration, you know, when you drink contaminated water, you get sick, you get dehydrated, you right. drink the same contaminated water because you don't have another water source. So it leads to this perpetual mm-hmm. dehydration that can be fatal if not wreak havoc on your body. That's the, that's the one that, you know, we have pretty good evidence on that. Um, closeness to the equator is also a pretty strong contender when you're right mm-hmm. there absorbing all of that UV light that's damaging to your eyes. Um, and then, you know, one I just found out uh, the other day, because I've been looking this question up as people have asked it, uh, to see if there's more data, um, they're now hypothesizing, and this was recent, that burning fuel indoors, because a lot of these people will cook using, mm. you know, burning plastic, burning, you know, trash right. inside, that smoke fills the room, that actually also can contribute to, you know, cataract formation in the eye. Again, we don't have a lot of data on all of this. These are more hypotheses that are being tested, but these are the kind of theories that they're fielding right now to find out how we can address this at its root level. 
but really what we need is just more ophthalmologists because a cataract right. isn't a big deal when you have tons and tons of people who can take care of that. When you only have one for three million people, it becomes a giant problem. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www dot j-a-m-i-e-r-o-x-x dot u-s this is a message from the centers for disease control and prevention older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from covid19 if you are at higher risk you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition, or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store. It's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and, of course, the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. 
M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-B-I-O-N.com. MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. Right. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's just <laughs> the man can only do so much, you know. And what was the number um, in, in the – 60 surgeries a day, that's a ton. Yep. But if you start dividing 3 million by 60, that's a huge mm-hmm. number also, you know, and that's uh, – yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's 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 very very sad that that's happening. You know, it shouldn't be happening. We live in the world. You know, We're, and I get I get Ethiopia is not the states, and I understand. You know, I mean, I get it. I get it. But the thing is, is these are human beings, regardless, and we should be helping our fellow man. You know, um, and you know, nobody should have cataracts. You know, it's just, I don't know. I'm glad he's there doing the work. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's really, really, um, uh, astounding, astounding. And, um, man, some of these people I haven't seen, I don't know if people realize, you know, just put a blindfold on, tie a tie around your eyes for, and walk around for five minutes. Yeah. Try that on folks. Try to do that. <laughs> no fun. <laughs> No. no fun. <laughs> now, now try to live. Go try to get a job doing that. Try to get, uh, try to make money doing that. You know, with with that handicapped on you, it, it's it's not. You know, that leads to other issues and whatnot. Um, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, burning the, the the plastics and stuff. You know, it reminds me. I remember one time many many years ago, I just moved to Southern California, and I was hanging out with a bunch of I don't know neo hippie types. And we all went to the beach, and we're having a bonfire, you know, you know, like you do when you're young and whatnot. And somebody was burning a pallet, and they were going to cook, Oof. like, I don't know, marshmallows or something over it. And some old hippie, not a neo hippie, but an old wise hippie walked by, and we were in Ocean Beach, California, down in San Diego. <laughs> and he said, don't be eating any food that you cook over that pallet wood. <laughs> you don't know what's on that. All the chemicals, and, you know, they preserve those to... So they don't rot. And so, yeah, we, yeah. That, that ended the marshmallow roasting of the evening. Um, but I remember him saying that, you know, <laughs> that's uh, yeah. Yeah. You don't, you know, cause you don't think about it, you know, and these people don't either. They just need, need to cook their food. Um, they're working with what they, what they got. Um, that's amazing. That's amazing. Now, how what is it? I wanted to ask you, um, I, I'm not in the film business. I mean, I know people that are, um, I'm a painter by trade. Um, paint pictures of people and stuff, you know, easy stuff. Making a movie, though, making a documentary, that seems real hard to me. Um, you know, my hat goes off. How is that process? You have an idea for something, and then you just start gathering facts and and, and filming everything? Um, how does that work? How do you do it? Well, this this project, I, I mean, in a in a perfect world, you 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 do your homework before you get thrown in into uh, filming. This was the other way around. We were already in Ethiopia when I switched gears into documentary full feature length project. Um, so there was no time to you know go around and do all my research and all my homework. So all that homework happened while I'm filming, um, and what? you know I only had one camera, no crew. Uh, and we were in Ethiopia running around, you know, handing our small little light to the, uh, 
members of the nonprofit with us and said, here, hold this here real quick. Um, <laughs> so it was, uh, it was pretty crazy um, that we were able to, to capture enough. I mean, that was my biggest fear. When I switched gears, it was like, all right, I'm here for two weeks, and then I go home. This is my only shot to get this, uh, you know, at least for a long while. Uh, so let's uh, film just about every waking minute that we possibly can, and that's exactly what I did is uh, every moment that I could do- document and capture, I put down on film. And then, you know, once we came back and sorted through the, like, 22 full memory cards of footage we had, that's when I was able to kind of craft, all right, here's the important stories, here are the subplots, here are the layers that we're going to add to this and then congeal it all together uh, over three years of editing um, into post. And, of course, as you're doing that, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> um, and as you're doing that, you realize the pieces you're missing. So, you know, we took different trips to Washington State to see uh, uh, Dr. Jim Guzik, who works up there. He's a really great American ophthalmologist, so you can see the difference of what a operating room in Ethiopia looks like, where they're operating out of, you know, they're dropping into convents and uh, missions, mm. not mission hospital, just missions, uh, and doing cataract right. surgery out of classrooms. Um, oh and compare gosh. that to the, you know, the luxury of an American ophthalmic suite, which has these automated chairs and, 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 you know, oh, yeah. quiet music playing in the lobby. So that, <laughs> that was a big, you know, a good contrast. And then to hear him say that I've seen Dr. Samuel's work and I've heard, read his reports and he has, you know, he's matching the infection rate that we have here in the United States with the best equipment and he's over there in Ethiopia in a mission convent and he's matching the same infection rate, which by the way wow. is basically zero. One year it was absolute zero. He had no infections for 3000 surgeries. Whoa. I mean, that was just absolutely incredible. So that's kind of how we uh, uh, just, we pieced it together piece by piece. And of course we went to London as well and uh, talked to people at the Royal Society of Tropical Medicine or Tropical Disease in London and, uh, you know, that, that was really important to gather more facts about why this was happening, what was causing this. And, uh, it, you know, it was, a, it was a labor of love and it was a long journey. But we, we pieced it together and I think the film, you know, speaks for itself. Yeah, it's fantastic. It, it is an, an amazing, an amazing. I can't believe, man, uh, that is, that's wild. That is wild. It is, um, you know, it's. It, it's, it's interesting. I, I remember when I first moved to Florida, to South Florida here, I had a friend of mine whose grandmother um, had to go. I, I kind of got roped into this deal where um, I had to take her grandmother. Everybody was busy with, with work and whatnot. And I was the one who she was going in for cataract to get her cataracts done. And mm. so I thought it would be like a, you know, and, and here there is, um, you know, the, it's almost like you were saying, almost automated. It you know, I, I grew up in Metro Detroit, and I'm like, man, this is a production line is what this is. They had people coming in, and it was just – they were marking an X or a O on their forehead or which one they were going to do. And it was just boom, 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 boom. And they were – you know, and this whole process maybe took, I don't know, hour and a half maybe. And then, you know, mm-hmm. they wheelchaired her out and gave her a mug with a flower in it, and um, <laughs> we were on our way. Uh, it was <laughs> – it was very um, cut and dry, and it certainly was not in a classroom or a, a mission, you know. Um, 
it, it was very, uh, like you said, like the chairs were on. It was like being on the Enterprise, the Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> it was uh, an amazing. I mean, I was very impressed with that operation. I was like, wow. I don't mean the operate, but the that setup. This guy's doing it out, you know, almost like a field medic in a war or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, just doing the best he can and 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 knocking it out of the park. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Zero percent inspection. I don't know of any modern hospitals that can say that, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That is amazing. And you now, does he do? Because I mean, the world takes money to work. You know, I mean. Does he get uh, – does, does the Ethiopian government kick, throw him money to be doing this, or, you know, or is it private uh, donations? How does that work? Yeah. Well, this is, this is where let – me, let me kind of respond to that other thing you were talking about, too, with the assembly line. I mean, and, and I'll roll it into this answer. That's why this program sure. is so effective is because cataract surgery is a simple procedure. Um, it's simpler here in the United States because the cataracts are less dense. In Ethiopia, you're d- doing cataract surgery on things that are concrete and your approach. Mm. Uh, and it takes way more skill to operate on someone that has a six-year cataract or a 10-year cataract than someone whose vision just got a little fuzzy and they're able to just go get it removed within a month or two. Um, you have to do uh, what's called a circular capsulotomy, which is a very precise cutting of the lens and removal through a small incision. It, it's, it's watching Samuel work. Dr. Samuel work in Ethiopia is incredible. Um, but it is a simple procedure. You can assembly line it. And that's how he's able to do so many. And that's how the nonprofit sponsors him to do these surgeries. Because oh. you're right, the world does take money to work. And Tropical Health Alliance Foundation you know, it costs them about $50 to sponsor a surgery that Dr. Samuel then gives to the patients for either very little to no cost. Um, Sometimes there's a small Mm. charge for maybe medication or something like that, you know, afterward. Um, And it really depends on the patient. If someone can't afford it, he's going to operate on them regardless. People come in blind, they go out seeing, there's not a lot of questions asked. It's just cut and dry like that. Wow. But yes, the nonprofit is what's taking care of the fuel to fund Dr. Samuel, and and they sponsor him. They sponsor his equipment. They get him the best blades, uh, really special diamond knives that uh, are done mm. to, to do this super special technique that he does. Um, and they also make sure that he gets all of the lenses. They do. They import the exact lens that will replace the cataract in a lot. Well, maybe I don't want to say a lot, but in many countries, when they do high volume cataract surgery, they don't swap the lens. They just give people Coke bottle glasses that they put on Mm. afterward and, and that's all they get. And their vision is okay, but it's not very good in Ethiopia with Dr. Samuel, he measures your eye and he puts in the exact lens. So when you walk out of that procedure, you now have 20-20 vision, sometimes 20-30. Wow. But, and that's the wow. first day after surgery. They go from blind to 20-20 and they put those exact lenses. And that's where the nonprofit really comes in is because they're handling, making sure he has all of that available to him so he can do the absolute best quality surgery for the blind poor in Ethiopia. It's it's absolutely outstanding. 
It's amazing. It's miraculous. I mean, man, I'll tell you, we have a link, ladies and gentlemen, to the official site of theendofblindness.com. Um, you can go there. And, and one of the, the reasons I'm bringing this up now is we're sitting here talking. We're talking about Ethiopia and whatnot. And there's a great photo, a great image that's uh, in the background of the website when you first go to it. I, I guess they call that the splash image or something. And it's just of a woman with a baby walking down this road. And, um, you know, it, it looks like a, a, a dirt road. This is probably a main road in Ethiopia. You know, this is probably, the, this is the area that we're talking about. You know, it isn't, you want downtown LA, man. This isn't, what you know, he's doing these, you know, where they need to be done. Um, that's amazing. That's amazing. Now, has he, since you did the documentary, have there been other um, ophthalmologists and whatnot that have, have been coming in to, you know, lend a hand? Um, or is he still on his own doing this? Well, you know, the, the, the beautiful thing about the ophthalmic community is they are involved in Ethiopia. And I don't want to misrepresent. There are people operating in different regions of the country uh, doing mm. high-volume cataract surgery as well. Uh, the Himalayan Cataract Project, I believe they're operating in the north. Um, and, and there's a couple others that are sending doctors in. And there's a couple Ethiopian ophthalmologists in other parts of these areas that are helping. But in the area that Dr. Samuel works in, which is the western, like west by southwest area, it's called Walega. Uh, in that area, so far, as far as we can tell, he is still the only Ethiopian ophthalmologist operating there. Again, occasionally you'll get an NPO, like Tropical Health Alliance Foundation, who will send their teams over, and they'll stay for a week, maybe two, and then come back home. But Samuel's the one who's operating year-round. He's always in the country every two weeks. You know, he's going out to these countryside areas, doing these eye camps, and helping people to see again. Um, and, and, you know, if that number changes, we'd be very excited, and we're going to blast that from the rooftop. Um, uh, but as far as we know, he's still the only one in that area of Walega who's doing high-volume cataract surgery. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. 
Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beatty, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a nonprofit corporation raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another. A friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rocks Gear, the online webshop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings from La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That is amazing. Um, now, you said that he uh, – now, did he personally have a relative or just knew people around or something? What inspired him, um, you know, to become an eye doctor, an eye surgeon, as opposed to, uh, you know, your first documentary that you, that you shot, uh, you know, going into feet? Uh, and all <laughs> uh, how did he get to ophthalmology? <clears throat> Yeah, so he he was he was sponsored through medical school. There, there's twofold. There's mm. there's his heart, and you have to understand Dr. Samuel's heart. He was an environment surrounded by people who gave back to him, um, who, mm. who who encouraged him, who who helped him through this. He was the first baby born by cesarean section in the entire region at Ira Hospital in Wallega, and that is wow. a miracle. His life was saved. He would have died in birth if it weren't for that. Um, and so his life was saved by that hospital. There were people, there was a Finnish missionary who found him, saw that he wanted an education, saw that he wanted to go to medical school, and paid for his medical education, his medical training, by driving taxi nights and weekends in Finland and sending the money back to Dr. Samuel. I, I, I mean, absolutely mm. 
surrounded by people who allowed him to focus on his work. And knowing Dr. Samuel, I think that made an impression. That made a lasting impression on him. And so when he got done with medical school, he went back. He could have stayed in the capital city, first of all, and made as much money as possible on people who have money because that's where they live is in the capital. But he went back right. to the rural area, to Ira Hospital, to serve the poor in his country. And when he gets there, he's watching people come into one department in particular, and they come in blind, and they go out seeing, and they come in blind, and they go out seeing, and when they came out, they'd have this glow on their face, this smile, beautiful. And he oh, saw yeah. that, and he went to the surgeon and said, what's going on? And he said, well... We're doing cataract surgery, but it's not with an ophthalmologist. So we can only do kind of this basic rudimentary thing. Like I was saying, we're probably giving them those Coke bottle glasses. It's not very good. We can't do very many. We want to do a lot more. And Dr. Sammy says, well, what does it take? And they go, well, you have to be an MD. And he goes, great. I just finished medical school. I'm going to be an ophthalmologist. Goes back, becomes an ophthalmologist goes back to Ira Hospital, and that's what he does. And, and that, wow. it was just him watching those <laughs> wow. smiles of those faces. <laughs> See? Um, there you go, man. Yeah. <laughs> How is, I told you, ladies and gentlemen, inspiring. <laughs> this is fantastic. So inspiring. Oh. And that's, and man, that's what I, we I, do with this. Yeah, that's what we hope with this documentary, that pe- someone out there is going to see these smiling patients and go, oh, I want to be an ophthalmologist. I want to serve and give back to people. I want to change people's lives. Uh, and, and they're going to get involved and, and go to these areas that are underserved, heavily underserved, and do just that. That's, that's our biggest hope with this film. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, what? That's fantastic. Um, it's, it's so cool. And, and you're making this happen, man. You've got the coolest job in the world. Um, you know, you're making movies. This is fantastic. Um, now I know that you, name of your production company, Section 3 Films, right? Yep, that's correct. That's awesome. That's, how cool is that to have business cards that say production company on them as well? You know what I mean? I, I, I don't have those. Um, I think that'd be pretty cool. Anyhow. Um, and you're, this is being distributed with Passion, um, Passion River Films. Um, I've mm-hmm. had several people uh, on the show in the past that have worked with them. They, they seem out of sight. They seem like they really you know, know what they're doing and whatnot. How is it? Now, I know that there was a three-year period you were saying of editing and whatnot. I imagine you're doing other things at the same time uh, while you're doing that. Um, and probably one of those is getting to a point to find distribution for this, your, your baby here that you've made, you know, is that a difficult um, process or is it kind of like who, you know, and, and how does that happen? Well, getting to distribution, this is actually one of my, my favorite topics. I've I've done this a couple of times. I've had two films now in distribution and uh, you know, finding the right distributor is so critical because the industry is rife with people who will take your project, take your money and run and leave you with very little. You work on something for three years and then somebody steals it from you. 
and yep. not only seals it, promises you the moon, and we're all human. Anybody who has their own business will tell you that we're all guilty of this. We all say we don't like to do it, and we try not to be guilty of it. But when you're working a big deal and there's numbers and money, you know, being mentioned and whatnot, you kind of start spinning that in your head a little bit. You know, I mean, every that's just a human thing to do. Um, and then, you know, I, I've heard people, you know, in that situation, then the rug gets swept out from underneath them. And, you know, so not only are you getting ripped off, you're getting kind of a, a mental, uh, you know, you know what, in, in addition to it. Um Oh my gosh! You know it's terrible. <laughs> so, but but you've been through this, so you know you you've kind of got the uh, your your bell curve, your your learning trajectory is pretty established on this. Yeah, and and we we got really lucky. There there are a couple of key people who got us connected with uh, Passion River, and I just I want to give them a shout out. It's uh, uh, a documentarian yeah. and a great one in her own right, Terry Marie, who uh, I've worked and edited uh, a few of the documentaries that she's worked on. Um, hopefully those will be coming out soon. And also uh, our executive producer on the show, Martine Malul, who, uh, you know, helped us, you know, she reached out to several and I reached out to several and we would uh, get on the phone and compare notes about who we liked, who we didn't like looking at all their statistics. And when we found Passion River, and uh, I actually knew three or four filmmakers who'd also worked with them, and uh, Martine found mm-hmm. them for me and got me in contact. And they are just wonderful people. They promise you nothing except for we're going to release your film. And I like that because they're honest. <laughs> right. Um, and right. They say, you know, they, they, there's no pie in the sky. There's no frills. It's here's where we're going to put your film here's what we can do for you. Here's uh, 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 the connections we have. And, you know, they've done really good with this film. It's coming out. It's on iTunes today. I think there's more platforms that it's going to be rolling out on over the next few weeks. Um, right. And, you know, also, yeah, they've been really, uh, they've been really good about like, you know, shepherding this baby of mine and uh, answering all my questions and being responsive. So Passion River, great distribution company, uh, just wonderful things to say about them. Well, it's fantastic, and it's fantastic that there's – I am a big fan of documentaries. Um, you know, I can only watch – and don't get me wrong. I, You know, I just watched The Ten Rings the other night, so, yes, I will watch a superhero movie once in a while. But it isn't all I want to watch. If if I have my way, I like to, when I sit down – I like I, – I'll watch TV and, and things on streaming and whatnot, usually when I'm eating something, uh, my lunch, my dinner, something like that. Um, just how our household is. Uh, me, me and my wife have weird schedules and whatnot. Uh, you know, maybe we eat a couple times a week together. <laughs> I mean, it's just how it works. <laughs> she manages a retail place, you know, so it's crazy mm. schedule. But, um, you know, one of the things I really enjoy is learning something when, when I'm watching. You know, if I'm going to spend an hour or, or longer, I, I want to come away. I really like coming away from it smarter than I was going into it, you know? And I really like learning about other places, too. It just really gets me excited. Um, and it's really cool that you're making documentaries, that there's, there's good documentaries being made out here, you know? It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, there was no megalodons in this. I thought that was great. Uh, 
No, it's, <laughs> it's all real, you know? And like yeah. I said, inspiring, very inspiring. Um, you know, you, you edited this three years and everything. It gets to the point where it is coming out, comes out today on iTunes. Um, you know, there was a pandemic that happened, uh, you know, were you kind of concerned about all that and everything? Yeah, I mean, that that is definitely uh, uh, affected our, our releasing uh, a bit. You know, we, we were hoping to do, and we're still hoping to do, especially as things are opening up again, uh, a lot of in-person screenings for people. We, we want to take this, uh, you know, to churches, to community centers, to medical schools, and, uh, you know, oh, even yeah. some film schools that we have a connection with. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been hard. Super There's hesitancy. Yeah. Uh, with the pandemic, uh, people aren't holding these events right now. So we've had to be very patient. Um, but, you know, hopefully very soon we can, uh, we can get back on the road and, and take it around and really show people because it's always more fun to watch with an audience and uh, you oh, know, really yeah. get people engaged right there. Uh, in the film, so uh, hopefully that'll be coming up now that it's out on uh, VOD. So that's our next. Step. That's cool. That is cool. Well, I hope all your people, your tribe, and everybody was okay. Uh, you know, through the pandemic and whatnot. Um, crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. It is. Uh, I've noticed that we we work. Me and my wife work with a lot of uh, a lot of local charities and whatnot here in South Florida. Um, and it's always been a business, part of my business plan, you know. Um, good things tend to happen when you work with charity. It's not a big secret, you know. Um, I've got a lot of business from, from doing charity work. And you're right. A lot of those events are not – they didn't happen last year, and they're still not real happening now, you know. Um, we used to do something at least once a month. And, uh, yeah, we yeah. haven't. I kind of miss it. I kind of miss it. It's, uh, you know, just getting out, just getting out, going to these things, getting gussied up a little bit, um, <laughs> not wearing clothing, <laughs> paint splattered. It's kind of nice. Just put on a top <laughs> occasionally. Um, you know, oh, I got to shave because yeah. I'm not wearing the mask. Um, that's one of the things I did like about the mask, though, is my wife not so much. She's like, are you going to shave this week or are you going to make an independent film? I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to shave, you know. You know how you filmmakers are. You can just go for six months without shaving. It's not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Teasing a little bit. Um, well, this is cool. Now, I know today is the big day. For the end of blindness, uh, it's called Folks, the documentary. It's not a long film. It's not a long film. It's, uh, what, about an hour or five minutes, something like that? I can't remember. Yep. Yeah, about 50, 55 minutes yeah. or so. We wanted to... Uh... Yeah. Keep it short, keep it sweet, get you in and out so it doesn't take up your whole day, you know? Fantastic. That is fantastic. Well, I know we're, we're focused on the promo for that, but I have to ask, because you're so good at what you do, man, um, can you talk about any future projects or whatnot? Or are they still in the crossing the T's and dotting the I know filmmakers, and I know you guys always have something going on, but I know you can't always talk <laughs> about it. If you can talk about well, it, what, what's next? Well, what I what I can say is I I, I want to get back. There there there's a couple late breaking developments that uh, I wish I could say about, but there's a, a there's a reality project that I worked on a long time ago that is getting some revitalization, some new interest, 
from some very good people. Um, and that's about all I can say on that, which is not a very good tease. But uh, that would be very fun. <laughs> Getting back. I can't believe they're bringing back the Jersey Shore. No, I'm. Dude, it's going to be great. All right. <laughs> uh, but if this, if this one goes through, it'll be incredible. And you can say that you heard me vaguely mention something here first, uh, if it happens. And if it That's right. It, you heard anything. Um, but I really. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, but I really want to get back to uh, uh, narrative projects, um, you know, doc- like feature films. Uh, it, it was great to take a turn on the documentaries. They're really fun. I really enjoy them. Uh, but it's been a long time since I've been able to sit down and, and bang out a script and go film it. So that's where I'm going to be putting a lot I of my – I've got a couple in development right now, and that's where we'll be headed next, uh, pending this other exciting uh, unnameable reality docuseries coming up. So <laughs> that's fantastic. That's very, very cool. Yeah. Well, that's amazing, man. That's amazing. And it's folks, you can watch this. Hey, we're going into the holiday week here in the States. It's, you know, Thanksgiving week, big deal for us. Yes, there will be a lot of football and, and all of that. Um, but you know, what would be really cool while well, you got the whole family together uh, in between those football games, throw on the end of blindness. It's just a very, you know, and these people, Talk about thankful, man. They leave this. I don't want to give things away, but, but these people are very thankful that for Dr. Bora. Let me tell you, uh, very thankful. And uh, man, he's walking the walk. He's walking the walk, folks. It's uh, it's amazing. And so is AJ, man. For even I wouldn't know who Dr. Samuel Bora is, you know, or that there was even this happening in Ethiopia. I would have no idea until I watched this documentary. Um, so thank you, AJ, for, uh, you know, putting that in our uh, yeah, field of vision. You know what I mean? It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I mean, you, 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 talk about, you talk about being thankful, and there is no one more grateful than someone who is blind and they can see again. And I, I just want to give a plug for THAF just really quick, if I can sneak one in. If you're feeling especially Absolutely. thankful this Thanksgiving – you want to change somebody's life forever, thaf.org slash blindness, $50 can sponsor a cataract surgery. Someone's going to come in blind. They're going to go out seeing. It's going to change their lives. So they can get back to work, take care of their family so they can eat. It's an amazing opportunity to do something really good, really powerful that doesn't cost you know, uh, a, a lot of money. It's a very simple investment. Uh, and it really does Absolutely. change people's lives. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a link on the um, the endofblindness.com website. Uh, right at the top, it's in blue uh, script there, in blue text. It says, Help the Blind See. You click on that, and it'll get you right to where you can donate, you can learn more, all of that. I will be throw- blasting that out on all my social media as well, directly following the show. And, um, yeah, folks, I mean, 50 bucks, you know, really, really, that ain't that much, man. That ain't that much. Um, a couple drinks going out. If you go to the places I go, that's not what you're going to spend. Uh, maybe three <laughs> drinks. I don't know. Um, 
I remember a long time ago when $50 went a, lo- a lot further, you know. I was just with my wife last night. We stopped at the gas station, put gas in the car. It was, I don't know, $45, something like that. We could have helped somebody see instead um, that we needed the gas. But, uh, yeah, 50 bucks ain't that bad, folks. It ain't that much. That's amazing. That's amazing, AJ. Well, very, very cool. Hey, speaking of Thanksgiving, what does a, you know, a cool documentarian like yourself do for Thanksgiving? You having a big to-do? <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to spend it with my family. Uh uh nice. and uh and my girlfriend's family and the extended family nice. and uh <laughs> I think I'm going to just eat as, it, about as much turkey as I possibly can. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. So. Now, do you does the girlfriend's family and your family get together as well or do you guys do the the two separate dinners? Well, we we're, we we do the two separate dinners. Uh, uh, although That's they are the way very to do friendly it. with each other, so <laughs> yeah. But what happens? What happens? I remember these days, man. What happens is you get two big plates to go home to go plates. So you know, uh, <laughs> it's better for for AJ and uh, and your gal. <laughs> you know, there's a couple dinners out of the deal. It's it's fantastic and yeah. good dinners too. Um, mm-hmm. Can't be beef. Can't be beat. Well, that's amazing. Well, you know, congratulations on being at this point with the film. And um, I can't wait to see more of your work. It's just so cool. And I'm sure you keep in touch with Dr. Samuel, you know. Um, tell him he's inspired a lot of people over here, you know. Good work. Good work. It's amazing. We'll do for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks, my little blinking light's been blinking for a minute. I kept AJ longer than I said I was going to, but the thing is, you know, he's fascinating to talk to. This is a great documentary. Um, There is a direct link for the iTunes. I will be posting that as well. And, um, you know, check this out, man. Pick it up, and I'm telling you, it'll really get you in the, the spirit of the season, too, you know? We need this, AJ. I don't know if you realize this, but the world is crazy. It's nice to have a story out there that isn't. You know, seriously. If, um, if you take nothing else from this, just it, just remember for once in all the chaos that there are good people doing good things. I, I hope it'll restore your faith in a little bit of humanity. That's all I hope. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it did me. It brought my blood pressure down. You know, I I even got teared up a couple things in this. You know, a couple places. Aww. It was uh, it was a good good film. I well, you know me, AJ. I'm one of those sensitive artist types. You know what I mean? It's it's pretty easy. Um, <laughs> but it's nice. I like a good story. I like learning something good. Um, so that's a good thing. Well, hey. Thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. You're cool, turned up to 10. You really rock, and you're pretty awesome. And you do really, really good work. So there you go, man. There you go. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, This episode, of course, will be converted to a podcast. We're going to push that out on all the social media platforms and on all the podcasting platforms. And I know you're you're saying to yourself, Jamie, quit being crazy, man. How many podcasting platforms could there possibly be? Let me tell you, we're on over 450 of them, so there's a lot. Uh, However you stream or listen to podcasts, 
chances are we're on it. So, and one of the cool things also about all these, uh, you know, this technology just keeps going with the things and keeping up. It's it's amazing. The links that we have to the homepage for the end of blindness um, and their social media. They have a Facebook page and Instagram page, all that kind of stuff. Um, and the IMDB. Um, that all follows, all those links follow the podcast. So if you happen to be listening to the show, I don't know, in a couple of days or something on Spotify or whatever, click on that link, baby. It'll get you right there. It'll get you right there. And when you click on the end of blindness.com, don't forget right up at the top, help the blind to see, click on that 50 bucks, man. You can spend that. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And you'll feel good. You'll feel good. Charity is a good thing. Okay, AJ. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Thanks again, man. You rock. Thanks a, thanks a ton, Jamie. You rock too, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be back on the show in the future with more projects. I'd love to chat with you again. Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime. Well, folks, we'll see you uh, tomorrow. We've got a very, uh, very cool uh, filmmaker on tomorrow. Uh, has, and he made a movie called Black Holler, which is a comedy horror. Uh, so it's not a, uh, you know, just scare you to death type horror. You'll, you'll laugh while being scared to death. How about that? Pretty cool. Tune in for all for that, and we will see you then. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rock, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tama Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.